Amen. Now, how many of you believe, you don't need to think too deeply about this, but how many of you truly believe that the Bible is absolutely, undeniably, unequivocally correct from beginning to end? Let me, let me see your hand. Hold them up a minute. All right, you said it. So here we go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Knowing that you believe everything in the Bible is sacred, holy, separated by the hand and the plan of God Almighty himself. Paul says, what? See that question mark after the one word? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Verse 20, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, because everything God has done and you what you said you believe tonight, glorify God in your body. Is it possible to bring glory to God in our body? According to what Paul said it is, and in your spirit, which are God's. I want to read the whole thing again without stopping and making comment, though, Sister Clell, thank you. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Here's what I want to talk about tonight. Your body, but his temple. Look at somebody and say, it's my body, but it's his temple. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and goodness tonight. Thank you for caring about us, Lord, deeply. And we're grateful for what you've done and what you're doing and for the word of God that we have already committed to the complete belief of, Lord. Speak to our heart through the power of that precious word. Feed us, encourage us. Help us to leave here better than when we came and how we came. We'll give you the glory for it, God, in Jesus' mighty name. You may be seated. Your body, but his temple. You said you believed every word in the word of God. It's your body, but it's his temple. I don't need to tell you this tonight, but I will anyway. We are living in a very, very body conscious world mankind goes to great lengths about the image or perhaps I should say the mirage of our physical condition gonna get quiet in here tonight maybe I have been on a diet my entire adult life and I'm not joking all because society trained me to hate the person I see every time I look in the mirror. Now certainly, there is absolutely nothing wrong and a whole lot that's right about exercise clubs and gyms and trails on the mountain and all of that. I think it's wise of us to strive or to attempt to be as healthy as we possibly can. After all, your body is a gift from God. 
and we should do everything within our power to take proper care of it. It's our body. We only get one chance at it. And unfortunately, I, I forgive me, Lord, for saying it that way, but as a result of that, genetics gave me what I am, and I try all my life to be something I'm not really meant to be. But the reason that physical conditioning all across our planet is a many, many, many billion dollars over and over again business is because very few people are content with what they see when they look in the mirror. When Paul said in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, bodily exercise profits little. Now I know he said a little, that means it does profit some. But Paul is saying in the grand scheme of spiritual matter, it only is a, just a flake in the wind, a grain of sand on the beach. It profits little. He didn't say don't do it. He didn't say don't work out. He just said keep your priorities in the proper order that God wants them to be. And the world tells you, listen to the radio, you read a magazine, you watch a television, you watch a YouTube ad. It tells you, if you're not satisfied with what you see, just buy this product, go under the knife over here, and surely we can change what you're looking at. And we say we don't believe in Hollywood and the media's power, but we keep trying to change what we see. We're not happy with what we look like. It's our body after all. There's a lot of truth to that old 1600s adage that beauty is only skin deep. Some, the truth of the matter is a lot of people, some people are beautiful outwardly, but when you get to know some of them, they're ugly inwardly. You don't measure up to their standard. You don't look like their friends look. You're too short. You're too heavy. You're, your nose is too long. Your ears stick out. You don't have that beauty that they expect perfect humanity to, should possess. But the rest of that quote goes like this. Beauty is only skin deep, but ugliness goes all the way to the bone. You've lived long enough, you know this to be true. A lot of people who've got it together outwardly, when you get to know them, they're nut jobs. They're consumed by what you think they are by their appearance. That's not about right. That's completely right, brother. But the child of God has a different dimension in their mind about this attitude. Praying people don't always fall under the pressure of the world's, you must be this. Praying people are brought back to reasonable thoughts whenever they get in the presence of God and they go, this is what matters right now. When I feel God talking to me and fellowshipping with me. The Old Testament temple was a thing of beauty. It really was. The gold, the marble, 
the, the, the majesty of it all was just a, a spectacular sight to behold. But more important than its beauty was its holiness. The temple was a place where holy things occurred. The majesty of God's divine presence was revealed to you and I. We forgot all about the golden altar and, and the beauty of the walls and the pageantry of the drapery. When God fell in that place, that's all that mattered. But it's your body. See, the design of God for the temple was, was to be a place where heaven could meet with earth, where divine could, we, could meet with human. The reason God put the import on the temple it was because he wanted it to be a place where, where God can commune with creation without the obstruction of sin. That's why he told the priest, don't you ever go behind that last curtain in the, ta in the tabernacle. I'm talking now, of course. Unless you've offered sacrifice, prepped yourself, cleaned your clothes. Because now, this is a sacred house. This is now the residence of the Almighty. So what the world says we should measure up to is completely opposed. I am scripturally correct when I say that the day you and I were born again, I mean born again according to John 3 and Acts 2 of the water and of the spirit. That's the day according to 1 Corinthians 7, 23. That's the day that you were bought with a price. So we're not supposed to be the servants of men. Not, it's not saying don't work for people so that you can get monetary gain. It's talking about the emotional bank that we exhaust ourselves to please people. The reason we don't have to please the world with how we look or how we, how we feel is because now we've been bought with a price. Ellicott's commentary said, we, born again child of God, and I quote, have no right to give our bodies to sin because, he says, they don't even belong to us. Matthew Henry said, our bodies after we're born again are now become the instruments of righteousness, unquote. See, the moment you and I experienced new birth, something happened in your physical body. Your physical body. Your body became the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul said in our text, what? Don't you know this by now? Some people have been living for God a long time, and they still stumble over basic, fundamental separation from the world teaching. Some of you have been in church all your life, and you still stumble over separation from the world. It should, it's just a fundamental thing. It's like, this is what we are now. When we think of the word temple, 
We always think of the, or we often think of the Old Testament temple, Solomon's temple. And then it was torn down and it was rebuilt by a man named Zerubbabel. Much smaller version, much less grandiose scheme. Regardless, we think of a physical church house. And God said in Hebrews 8 verse 5, when you build that temple, do it according to the plan, the pattern that I gave you on the mountain. Think about that. When mankind is on the mountain top of their relationship with God, that's when God says, I want to talk to you about your temple now. When you're agreeable, not when you're thinking about leaving the church, but when you're favoring the things of God. That's when God said, I want to talk to you about your temple now. Not when you're mad at the pastor, not when you're second-guessing everything going on in the music department, but when you're on top of the mountain, you feel good in your soul about what God is doing with you. God said, now let's talk about something important. Your body, but my temple. It's your body, but it's my house. Hallelujah. Yes, you're right. There was great care given to the design, to the plans, to the construction, and even to the maintenance of the temple. But not because of worldly peer pressure. The reason God wanted such intricate detail followed, because he was going to make that his home. He said, if you go in that place... And you pray in my name, I'll fall, I'll follow your needs, I'll meet your desires. He told Solomon, my words. If you want to talk, you want to look about what some of the details of the house of God, the temple of God. Second Chronicles 7 is hard to beat, a lot of information there. But it wasn't that God was trying to please the worldly inhabitants of Jerusalem. He didn't want them to say, wow, look at, the, look at the church house. I think I'll become a member there. They, went to, they, they spared no expense. They went all out. Let's be part of that church. No, that's not why God did that. But God wanted his people to realize when you come to church, it's different there. It's different there than at the bar or at the pool hall or at the stadium or the ice rink. But in the New Testament, Brother Christopher, the emphasis isn't upon the building now. It's on the recipient or the holder of God's Spirit. This building is just where we meet. It's not the temple of God. It's just a structure that houses the worship of the body. I thank God for it. I thank God for every light bulb, every piece of sheetrock. Every line of insulation, every nail and screw in the building, I appreciate it. But a thousand years from now, this will be just ruins, rubble, burned in the ashes of time. Hallelujah. But the New Testament temple is one in 1A. It's the spiritual body, the bride of Christ. We are the temple of God's spirit. And it's the individual body of the believer. It's us collectively and it's us individually. God's temple isn't just some random thing out there. It's all about us together and us individually. 
That's why, as a pastor, I have the right, the God-given right, with love, to get up here or what I want to tell you, there's just some places concerning your body you should not be going. I've got that right. I've got the right from commission of God. And concerning you being the house of the, of the Holy Ghost, the temple of God, I have every right to say there's some things you shouldn't be doing and thinking about and places you shouldn't be frequenting, things you shouldn't be consuming. Because God told me this is my house and do everything according to the plan or pattern that I have established in it. And I have every right as a shepherd of this flock to say there's some things you shouldn't put your eyes on because you are full of the Holy Ghost and you are inhabiting a holy God. David said in Psalm 101, you don't have this, this sorry, I just... It jumped into my brain. I will set no, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I said, who's living in us anyway? When we live what I'm talking about tonight, the Holy Ghost is with you wherever you go. When you live what I'm talking about tonight, the Holy Ghost power is available whenever you genuinely need it. I believe that. Jesus said in John 16, 13, the Holy Ghost was given to guide us into all truth. That's why it's so important, so necessary. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to get it. If you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to keep getting it and refreshing it. Stir up the gift of God that's within you by the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. That's what Paul said. It's not enough to get it once. You need to keep that fountain fresh. That oil flowing fresh. And it's to guide us into all truth. And Acts 1.8 said it will give us power to become witnesses. And we already read where God receives glory through our body, which is his temple. So the Holy Ghost in you and I is a guide. How many times do we say, lead me, Lord? Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. That's what he wants to do. That was the design of giving you the baptism of the Holy Ghost to lead you. And to be a witness, not look at me. Be a witness unto his glory. Confession. I'm making a couple confessions right here. As a minister of the gospel, I have never understood Proper use there. I've never understood Holy Ghost filled parents that were afraid to teach their kids about modesty and standards. Head scratcher to me. I hear you, amen, but I'm talking to some of you that are amen. Head scratcher to me. Your babies, you brought them into this wicked, dark world, and God loves them like He loves anyone. We are mandated of God to teach our own. 
if we can't teach the world, we should start in our own house. I have never, I have never wrapped my mind around the, how any preacher of the gospel is afraid to talk to his own sons and daughters about living modest and holy and separated and sacred from the world. It just, it just puzzles me. I wish I was in ministry retreat now with nothing but pastors. But don't you dare darken and shame the call of ministry. And your kids have never heard you talk to them about modesty. I'm just going to look straight at that screen back there. Hallelujah. Confession. I don't get preachers and I don't get saints that don't have personal convictions in their life. They want to live as close to the world as they can and still be okay with God. You know what you ought to do? You ought to pray. God, would you somehow open my eyes to have some strong, personal, internal convictions in my life so that I'm not pulled by a left and right by every wind in the world? I'm talking about personal convictions. personal convictions now you don't have any right to push those personal convictions on your brother or sister if they ask you about them you've got every right to talk to them about them but we need personal convictions that work on us every day in our life I mean when the kids were too small to understand you know they could they couldn't comprehend a tech uh, technical theological Bible study. I just told them the reason you're not going to wear that sun is because I said it. Period. Hey, hey, warp their mind. You're the type of person. That's the type of person I'm talking about. No spiritual backbone. Want to put it off on the pastor to teach their kids. Boy, I'm glad we're eating ice cream and popcorn tonight. Hallelujah. Confession. I'm just telling you, I I don't get it. If you don't care enough about your kids to teach them what we believe, what you believe is in the Bible, you already said you believed it. What do you think that public school teacher is going to do right down there, huh? What do you think that that professor at the college is going to try to teach them down there? Some people, some preachers, they don't even believe fat meat's greasy. All they want to do is please the crowd. They want someone to pat them on the back and say, oh, you're such a good preacher. He gave us the Holy Ghost for a reason. This temple doesn't even belong to us anymore. Not in the spiritual dimension it does not. Sure got kind of quiet on there, didn't it, Helen? I do not apologize. When you have young kids in your house, Brother Mike, you got to have shoulders enough to take them aside and say, you know what, son, we just don't do that. You know what, daughter? No, we don't do that. We don't go there. And the more they're able to comprehend the meat of God's word, you give it to them. 
but sometimes they just need milk, and that milk means a line drawn in the sand by somebody with a little spiritual character, a little Christian dignity. But they do it down the road, the other church, Pastor. Well, your body belongs to you in the sense of uh, its earthly moment, but it's his temple. And when you walked up to Solomon's temple or Zerubbabel's temple or the tabernacle in the wilderness, you know what people never said when they walked up to it? What is that? They never said that. They always knew uh, that's the house of God right there. Even, even if they did not attend and didn't love the Lord, they knew what that tabernacle or that temple represented. And so when people see you and I today, they shouldn't be going, I can't tell where you stand. I'm not sure what you believe. Are you in or out? I'm not sure. You believe this message or... It is your body. Take care of it. Quit buying into the lies that we have to look like that movie star or sing like that recording artist. I know that sounds good, but it's so hard to... Get it in our brain, isn't it? When people see you and I today, there shouldn't be any question. I said when they see us, that's the temple, the body, the, the face, our reactions, the, how we use it. There shouldn't be any, there shouldn't be any, what, what, what is that? We're a city set on a hill, Matthew said. Jesus did in Matthew 5.14. That, that cannot be hid. They should know. You're, you, you are one that houses the temple of God. You know, you hear these people in church. And I believe them. I, I'm not making fun of this. I, it's the comment after this I want to emphasize. You hear people in church say, um, you know, people on my job. They always come to me when they want something prayed about or they always ask me how I have so much joy or they talk to me about how I can have so much calm assurance when storms are blowing. They never ask me that. I believe they ask you. Some of you are just calm and cool and collected. Then there's the rest of us, all right? But if they want to dig and dissect and probe and, and poke and try to find out what we're made of, there should be an internal check system that works inside of us that says, I may not look the part, but I am the temple of God Almighty. He lives in me. He doesn't live in me because I say he lives in me. He lives in me because I was born again of the water and of the spirit. And the Holy Ghost baptism took up residence in me because of that. So it's your body. I'll leave you with this right here. It is your body. 
I urge you, ministry or laity, I urge you, pray, God, give me some strict, strict to me, some strict guidelines that I will love and adhere to. Not that I want to push them off on you. But I want some line in my life to be visible. I'm not going to sit on the bar stool with you. I don't care if you're my son, my father, my husband, my wife, my child. There's got to be some lines drawn in our life because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why we dress different. That's why we talk different. That's why we act different. That's why we don't go the places we used to go. Because now it's my body, but it's his temple to inhabit. Don't, don't ever apologize. I don't mean this arrogantly. But everybody gets in those circles where, you know, you, you're the one standing out. Don't ever apologize for God's temple. Don't ever feel like you've got to crawl and apologize and beg for people's forgiveness. You are the temple of God Almighty. What a special place you are. And so Paul said, what? Don't you even know that your body... Your body... Temple of the Holy Ghost. What a precious statement. You don't belong to yourself. You're responsible and accountable, but in the heavenly sense, we have a mission to accomplish. So appreciate. Ask God to help you, if you don't already have them, to develop standards in your life. Don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to him and her about it. Pray for God to give you guidance and wisdom. All right. So let me just segue into this. Segue into this. We're going to eat ice cream and popcorn. Hallelujah. Talk about the body, I mean, you know. But anybody have a question or a comment or remark? It's got to be related, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody grab another mic, would you? So I don't have to, I don't have to grab this back when they. Thank you so much. Right over here, Brother Larry, I think was first. Your body, but his temple. See, I, I'm telling you, it's hard to be serious. <laughs> and what's the line I'm supposed to judge on? Well, I personally think what you need to put some meat behind that. So when you're on that bone, put a put a hundred dollars with the winner. How's that sound? So that those who didn't bring their ugly sweater are constantly going, man, I knew I should have brought that. <laughs> who, who has a question or comment or remark? Yep. Uh, one thing I wrote down 
ask is right and be willing to change as God prompts you, right? To manipulate your life, to adjust your life, alter things. Anybody else? Man, I know I'm going to get text tonight. Well, what do you think about this? Right now is your chance. Always has been. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Remember in Matthew 21 what went on when Jesus went into the church house and they had these tables set up and they were trying to bargain and make profit in the house of God? What did he do? Hey, it's all. You drink, be merry. Love you all. All's good. Good to see you. I don't think so. He started tossing tables around. He said, you made my father's house of merchandise. But it's supposed to be a house of prayer. Yes, ma'am. Right, right in the back. We're trying to get all the questions and comments on recordings. So. so I forget the order. Right. Lots of them. You're right. You're so right. Lots of sacrifices. And 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 never, never will the world have enough. I've, I've got a I've got a message and I want to open the can, but it's out of Proverbs thirty where Solomon said there's four things that are never satisfied. He talks about a grave and a barren womb and all that's the world. They're never content. If we give an inch, they want a mile. Thank you, sis. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. There you go. So true. Absolutely. Very good point. Very good point. Maintenance. It's, it's so essential. That, you know that? Yeah, you just keep track of the order, brother. Please, thank you.
Very important. It does indeed. You're right. It has to be of the heart. It has to be of the heart. And there's some people that, you know, as I started to say, or I did say, pardon me, some people question anything. You know, fat meat isn't greasy. But, but for people that really have a love for God, I, I can tell you honestly, uh, I'll, I'll use Brother Stacy instead of myself. But I remember when he came in and got the Holy Ghost. I could have told him I didn't. I wouldn't have thought about it. I could have told him it's essential to stand on your head in the corner for half an hour every service to go to heaven. That dude would have been over there doing it. Not, not because he was trying to impress me, but he just dove off in the deep end and said, whatever God wants of me, I'm willing to do that. And some people are like, oh, really? Rules, rules. You said you believed everything in the Bible. All right. Who else was it? Yeah. If you look at standards and you think in your decision, do I really have to do this to get to heaven? You make it. You'll never understand it. Right. It is not, not a hard issue then. Yep. And we're not going to get to heaven just squeaking by. We're never going to get there and say, oh, I guess I did too much. Yeah, that's for sure. We're never going to get to a battlefield and say, I put too too much ammunition. Correct. Correct. In my Brother Randy talked about building standards. I won't mention any cities, but we think about some other city that has triggered an unplanned event like an earthquake, or maybe a tsunami happened. What happens to every single one of those buildings when there's no building standards? And they're flattened. We may not know when the next earthquake right. is likely. Right. But we know what Come on now, come on. Yes, sir. A standard. What he lifts up against the enemy, right? When the enemy comes in like a flood, what's he going to raise up? Standard. You're, you're good, you're good. But if you look at humanity and how culturally things shift and change, and it's always been shifting and changing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Else. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a standard is. It's someone fully aligned saying, I will not slip, I will not change, I will not follow what the enemy is doing with all of humanity. Because you may not have a plan, but if you fail the plan, you plan to fail, yeah. and the enemy has a plan. There you go. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. You know the the best people in the in the world to hang around in my opinion. Are people that love the way they live for God. They they don't, you know, they're not up on Wednesday and down on Thursday. They love being separated from the world, which is a commandment, by the way, and unto God. Brother Darren, get up a little louder and close in that thing, please. Without which. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He quoted Hebrews 12, 14, if you didn't catch that. Very powerful. Anybody else? It's your body, but it's his temple. Amen. 
And if you're worried about eating that ice cream calories back there and affecting your body. <laughs> Lord, Lord, steer all those calories away from the place we're worried about. Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy today, for all that you're doing and have done. Thank you for speaking to our heart, encouraging our soul, renewing our mind, strengthening our stand in the kingdom. Thank you for giving us the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I know it cost you everything, Lord. It cost heaven, the life of Messiah. God, that we might be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for it, Lord. Save and encourage and renew and inspire. We'll give you all the glory and the honor. Brothers and sisters that are monitoring the ice cream, make sure every adult gets one first, all right? First, please, that wants one, I'm saying. <laughs>